Hi, this is Amanda. And this is Lindsay. We're True Creeps. Where the stories are true. And the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore. To the possibly plausible paranormal. To horrifying history. To tense and terrible true crime. And everything else that goes bump in the night. We want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very interesting couple stories to tell you about and a reason, maybe, that they're all connected. Ooh, yeah. I like that that pitch in the beginning. That's a good framing. Yeah. We're not going to give it away. Yeah. I feel like it's not our typical spooky. It's more science spooky. But the thought does kind of freak you out there. Oh, it absolutely does. <laughs> and it's timely with pop culture, but it's something that we're hearing more and more of all of the time. I think it's unsettling. Yes, it's unsettling, but it's also anything that is unsettling and likely true is creepy in my mind because things can be unsettling. Like, what was that YouTube entity that was terrorizing children and had that weird smile? Oh, the Momo thing? The Momo thing. Like, unsettling, but not true. So it wasn't scary to me. But this, it's unsettling and, like, maybe it is true. I don't know. Yeah. So... The first story we're going to talk about is the story of Vasile Gorgos. And he was a 63-year-old man who was a farmer, and he was located in Bacau, which is the eastern part of Romania. He would often travel for work and usually took the train when he did. Normally, he would go to one of the surrounding cities to discuss selling cattle. So it was like cattle trades and sales and things like that. I saw a couple different time frames of how long he usually was gone for, and it seemed like it could be anywhere from hours to a couple days. Can I just tell you that I'm aware that he is probably has like a container vehicle of cattle that he's moving around to sell. But in my brain, the first thing that came to mind was a door-to-door cow salesman who's just like walking up and being like, look at my cows. And he just has like cows. Like, I'll take three. (laughs) Yeah, it's like cows on your front lawn. Like that's the image that I have of Vasile, the traveling cow salesman. (laughs) I love that more. Um, (laughs) But what I understand is he would buy a train ticket, go to maybe a neighboring farm, Uh Uh-huh. Discuss something and then come home. That makes more sense. But door-to-door cow salesman. No, traveling cow salesman. Like... Perfect. And I know that we're talking... You're In a minute, you're going to talk about the 90s, but traveling salesmen are strictly in 70s suits. Oh, absolutely. I don't make the rules. Maybe his was cow print. Oh, like, do you think a cow print suit or like a cow print shirt? He had both, clearly. And a business card that was shaped like a cow. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But embossed in cow print because he was classy. A classy. Classy. (laughs) Traveling cow salesman. Not that you can't be a classy traveling salesman without that, but I just feel like embossed business cards add a layer of sophistication. Perfect. I love this for him. We're already off the tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in 1991, he set out for a business trip that he had done many times before. He had a train ticket as usual, and he left home on his way to his normal route. However, this time he did not make it home when he was scheduled to return. His family reported him missing to authorities, and they searched for months without any luck. There was no leads, but foul play or a possible accident were the main theories as to what may have happened to him. And a couple different reasons that his family was like, mm, he would have come home is obviously he had a family. Yeah. And he had a business that he had worked really hard to maintain. So they're like, he wouldn't just get up and abandon us. Yeah. Which seems fair. Also, though, like if you're leaving someone to just leave them. You'll leave a trail. Yeah, someone would have seen him. You're not a fugitive. Yeah, like, it's not like a fugitive situation. It's like a, I'm leaving my life. Right. So, like, I just I just feel like there would be some level of, like, we could find him somewhere. Right, right. Well, after a while, the family assumed that he had died, and then they held a service for him. So let's fast forward 30 years. On August 29th, 2021, a car pulled up to the family home, and Vasily gets out of the back seat, and he looks confused. He's also 93 at this point. So his family is happy that he's there, but also very confused. So of course, his family and media asked him where he had been. And he was like, home, or I am at home. Like, that's the way he would respond, which I don't like. 
No. That's unsettling. And by the way, when he got out of the car, he was wearing the same clothes he was wearing the day he left home. That weird. And I don't like that. And so they check his pockets and his ID from 30 years ago and his ticket were like tucked in there. So like as though it was that day. Right. Right. And he didn't remember those 30 years while he was missing. But he did remember the time before. So obviously they had doctors check him out and they said he was in good health and that he had neurological issues that were common for, you know, a 93 year old man. But there wasn't any medical symptoms that would explain why he didn't remember those 30 years. And that like for a 93 year old guy, he had been well taken care of. Like he had either taken care of himself well or somebody else had taken him off. And do you have 3000 questions? Because we have 3000 questions. Well, first off, who dropped him off? Yeah. The neighbors saw the car but couldn't get a license plate number and they didn't see who was driving. The driver never left the car and immediately left the moment Vasily got out of the car. And I would be interested in like what his viewpoint of that day was. You know, like, did he remember the first six things he did and then all of a sudden he was in that car? Right. And people were like, we need to track down who this driver is because Mm -hmm. obviously, like, we have questions for them. How did he find him? How did he come to be in that car? Yeah. Like, was it like a cab situation or was it like someone found this poor wandering old man and was like, oh, he has an ID. Let me just take him to where his ID says. That's true. That's true. So there are a lot of theories as to where he was for 30 years. Some people speculate that aliens had him and that they had abducted him and returned him when they no longer needed him. Just wild. I know it is wild, but this is perhaps a little bit messed up. But I would imagine that if you were going to experiment on a creature for 30 years, you wouldn't then release it back into the wild when you were done. You know, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Like, what would be the point of that? For that long. Yeah. I mean, we talked about in our Bridgewater Triangle episode, the aliens that like consistently abducted the two women. Wild. But it would return them that same night or the next morning. Yeah. But just weird. And I mean, when he disappeared, he was 63 too. So keep that in the back of your head. Like, you know, a lot of the time when we hear people being abducted, they're younger, right? Like they're younger and they can do experiments. I I mean, I guess there would be reason to want to understand a 63-year-old man, maybe, but very, very wild. So a couple other theories. One is that he had maybe another family or perhaps another life. And some believe that he left intentionally to either create this new life or that he had a different life that he had been maintaining during his business trips. And they believe that he might have maybe developed dementia or some other similar illness while he was gone and then all of a sudden started to remember his old life and then because he started remembering the old life he put on old clothes that he still had tucked away somewhere and made his way to his old life and then kind of that same thing where maybe someone saw like a confused old man and was like oh let's check your id and then brought him home Some people very much argue this theory, though, because they believe that someone from his new family or wherever he was all that time would have come forward at some point when this was on the news and been like, um, he was with us. We didn't know that those other people existed or if he was still working somewhere or something. And then others think, too, that this probably wasn't a thing because, again, he was 63 at the time. When someone goes and starts a new family or a new life or whatever, normally they're younger. Not always, but you know. I mean, I would say shame is a very powerful thing. So like it could be that we don't know. I mean, how long was he a traveling cow salesman, right? Like it could be that he had an established relationship for a very long time and that person got sick. Yeah. You know, like I could see situations where at 63 you would do that. But I'm just going to say this right now. And I fucking mean it. If you blow up your significant other's life with an affair past 55, fuck off. Fuck you. Like, I mean, all the time for Sherzies, but like at 55 plus, anytime you're like at a point where like society deems it reasonable to retire, if you cheat on your spouse and or blow up their life at that point, I just fuck you. Like an added. Yeah. Like to me, it's just extra bad. But that doesn't make sense to me because like, why would he have the suit? Why would he have the train ticket? Those things would be weird reminders. Like, say you were the other person. Would you be like, why do you need the suit and train ticket? Why do you need to keep this? Yeah. Yeah. But also 30 years. I don't keep any piece of clothing for 30 years. (laughs) I mean, I'm 35. So it'd be weird if I had like my five-year-old self's clothes. But, you know. Fair. 
Fair. Well, another one is that maybe he somehow time traveled. There was some sort of dimensional glitch or he somehow was able to travel to a parallel universe and that somehow accidentally he walked through some sort of portal or jumped to a new dimension or a different time or vortex. Yeah, a vortex maybe. And that he went to this place and then somehow returned, but didn't have memory of wherever he was. When I was looking at the story, someone else had posted a different story about a very similar thing that happened. And their story was about a man leaving on Thanksgiving Day to go grab bread and cigarettes from the gas station. Well, that sounds like such a stereotype. I'm so sorry. Right? It does. It does. I was like, oh, to go get cigarettes. Okay. But he never returned home. But then 25 years later, he walked in with bread and cigarettes. The only difference was he refused to talk about what had happened for 25 years. So some people are like, well, maybe whatever happened to the you know cigarette man happened to Vasily. But instead of saying, like, I don't want to talk about it, he was like, I don't remember. Let me just tell you, that would not be an option if my spouse came walking into the house decades later. Would you be fine with that? Would you be like, oh, it's fine. You don't need to tell me. Right? No, no. I will never stop. Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Well, like, first off, yes, I would respect like the fact that they perhaps went through something traumatic. But if you're going to be absent from someone's life for a period of time and expect them to take you back into their life, you have to give them some type of clarity. I don't know. This just makes me like frustrated because I'm like, you can't just not tell people where you were, you know? Right, right. Okay, so we talked about dissociative fugues in our last episode when we were talking about the Area 51 of New York. And dissociative fugue is a rare form of dissociative amnesia. And this particular type can last from hours to months, but it can also happen for longer periods of time as well. Also, people can travel. They can create new identities. And in that creation of a new identity, right, they could also like begin new jobs and make other lifestyle changes. And they're unaware that they're basically restarting their life. And sometimes the memories that they create while they're in these fugue states are never recovered, which I think is wild. And just like some interesting things I think about like these dissociative fugues is that when they're diagnosing these, they're looking at like, is there any reason why you would forget where you were? And if the answer to that is no, that's one of the reasons why, like ways that they'll look at it. Say you just go missing for 10 years and come back. It's not the first thing people are going to think of. They arrive at this diagnosis, from what I understand, through basically a process of elimination. Like, do you have like a brain tumor? Do you have any type of drug use? Do you have a seizure disorder? Do you have like structural causes in your brain? Like they would test that in an MRI to see like, is there something else that's from this? Do you have significant stress? Was there like some type of intense trauma? And then like, that's how they get to this diagnosis, which I think is fascinating because like anytime a doctor goes, we don't know, it's probably this. I'm alarmed. I'm alarmed. Yeah. Our brains are weird. They are weird and fascinating. Yeah. The things that they can do, like that's just scary to me that you can just all of a sudden wander off, have a new identity and just like nothing happened. Yeah. One description of like the dissociative fugue and how it manifests is bewildered wandering. And that's not a symptom I ever want to have. It's just like your brain just goes, you know what? I'm a head out. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. So another theory is that Vasily was a spy, a resistance member or a part of the KGB. And yeah, it would be interesting if he was like a spy or a resistance member or something like that. And we'll talk about what was going on in the world at that point. But something that came to my mind is like, okay, why would someone leave in clothes and then come back with the same clothes a long time later? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that happens all the time. Yeah. And what happens is when people get arrested, right? Like they stuff their clothes in a bag or a baggie, whatever. They keep them tucked away for years and years and years. And then when they release you, they go, here's your bag. And that's what you wear out. Yeah. And that would explain why it was just a quick drop off, too. Yeah, it explains that, but it doesn't explain why he wouldn't remember or maybe he's lying. Maybe he does remember and he just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, also, like, if you're a spy, you don't talk about being a spy. But so, like, if you also 
we're talking about 1991. That is when the fall of the USSR occurred. And some people think that maybe Vasily was doing more than cattle farming and he got arrested on a trip where he was doing something more than his door-to-door cow sales. And it's interesting, too, because when you think about this prison angle, some people think that Well, he was in prison and after 30 years, he developed dementia and they released him because he couldn't like he couldn't share anything at that point. Right. Like he couldn't even remember his time in prison due to these cognitive issues. But I like the thing that like kind of trips me up about that is that I don't have a lot of personal experience with people who have suffered from dementia. But from what I've seen, it's not a predictable loss of memories all of the time. Do you know it's not like I can't remember the past 30 years. It's like, I can't remember 10 years from now. And then you have memories from five years. And, you know, like it kind of bounces around like your short and long term memory are different. But in terms of like that long term memory storage, yeah, which would certainly be the past 30 years, I don't think you could reliably say, oh, he's not going to say anything about this. Yeah, but I think... If this was correct, I don't agree with this one as much. I mean, like being behind bars makes sense to me. Like that's why he'd come back with the same stuff. But yeah, if he did have cognitive issues, I feel like the doctors would have noticed, right? Like not just said, oh, common 93 year old cognitive stuff. They would have been like, oh, he's for sure he's going through dementia or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. What is a typical like mental state in terms of like memory for a 93 year old? It could be that this particular area of the world that like they just assume anybody over a certain age is going to have dementia. Like I feel like it's just it's kind of hard to pinpoint like what that vague fact is. Right. Right. And especially like I don't know how you necessarily test what a person doesn't know if you don't know what to ask them. Really, his family can't be like, ask him who the president is. Yeah, he may not know. Well, one thing, too, if this was correct is, let's say, yeah, he was in prison for whatever reason. He had dementia now. Maybe it could make a little sense if they're like, okay, yeah, he he doesn't know what he's talking about anymore. So if they say, if they like test him and he has some sort of like cognitive issue, if he does bring up some weird spy stuff, they're going to be like, oh, he's just going through one of his like cognitive states. Not me. I'd be laser focused. (laughs) Tell me about it, Grandpa. What's going on? Right. What happened in 2010 for you? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we would be, but who could know? I discussed him with my husband because I was like, what? Tell me, was he a spy? Was he this? Like, I was just kind of going through all of them. And he's like, oh, maybe he was some sort of sleeper agent. And they used whatever they did to reprogram him for years. And then they gave him back when they didn't need him anymore. And I was like, are those actually real? And like, we kind of Googled a little and I'm like, "Mm, okay, you're on some type of list now for sure. Oh, for sure. But I mean, like, Mike watches a lot of Marvel movies. So I mean, like, look, I don't hate the idea of like, that is a theory. I find it more credible than like aliens were like you know what you're old and we're done testing you have a good (laughs) life like they put him out to pasture (laughs) they're like all right done did you get it because he's a cow salesman (laughs) i did i did it was great (laughs) i didn't even mean it and then i got it i own self oh man but joy pure joy so a lot of different theories a lot of things could have happened but he was gone for 30 years There's another story that I want to talk about, and it's the story of Pedro Olivia Ramirez. And on November 9th of 1986, at 11.15 p.m., Pedro was driving his vehicle. He was traveling from Sevilla in Spain to a town called Alcala de Guadaida. He was staying there. So, like, he was going to where he was staying, Mm -hmm. which was a fairly normal drive for him. And he had done it many times before. I looked on Google Maps just to kind of get a feel for this drive. And it looks like it's about 20 to 30 minutes away, depending on where he was starting his drive from. Okay. So not terribly long. Well, while he was driving, the road began to curve all of a sudden. And this wasn't a typical area for this drive that he had done many times before. And after the curve, he all of a sudden found himself on a straight six lane highway. I would be freaking out, mainly because I need preparation mentally to get onto the highway. Right. Well, yeah. And it was crazy from the way that this is described. So like, yeah, after this curve, nothing was familiar. And that includes weird foreign structures. And then also the terrain, like it had like crazy grasses and things that he had never seen before. And then also remember, it's 1115 at night. So like it's dark. That already adds like a level of stress. I don't like any of this. I'm stressed thinking about it. 
So while he's driving in this weird area, he began feeling what's described as a sensation of heat. And then he was also hearing voices, which is terrifying. And so he hears like this chorus of voices. And all of a sudden, one like stands out. And the one says something about transported to another dimension. Another dimension. Another dimension. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. (laughs) I couldn't help it. I was yawning and I was like, another dimension. This is my cue. This is my cue. This is me. I'm up. (laughs) Well, another version of his story says that the voice that stood out said that he had been transferred to another country of another hemisphere by extraterrestrials. Mm -mm. No. I don't know if they were like telepathically talking to him or if he was like actually hearing these, but terrifying nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So cars continue to pass him. So like he's on this highway and now there's cars. But he did notice after a while of driving because he's just driving. He doesn't know what to do. But they were passing him in intervals of exactly eight minutes. Was he timing it? So it was like every eight minutes. Yeah, I think he started looking at the clock like, okay, I haven't seen a car in a while. Oh, here's a car. Oh, it's been a while. And then he started timing it. Okay. So the cars also look strange. They were described as, quote unquote, outdated and either white or beige with dark, narrow rectangles for license plates. Okay. So everything's just weird. Yeah. I saw a couple different variations of his story. Some say that he traveled for about a half hour, while others say that it was about an hour of travel. In the hour-long travel stories, he stops for hours at a time to explore the weird terrain, look at some of the buildings, and then he continues driving and stopping in random times. In the half-hour version, he drives until he finds a turnoff. But in both versions, he sees the same sign. So the sign that he sees has three different directions, like pointing three different directions, and it says... One's pointing to Alcabala, one's to Malaga, and then Sevilla. So, of course, he's like, oh, I recognize Sevilla. I'm going to go there. I'm going to start driving towards there. So without knowing why, either the road stopped or he just stopped driving, he all of a sudden looks up and he finds himself at home. And remember, his home was located in Alcala de Guadaida, which wasn't the direction he was going. And remember, he was going back to Sevilla. And he tried to retrace his steps after this. And he was never able to locate the crossroads that he had seen or the sign or the random six lane highway. Nothing. And according to him, this trip normally took him about a half hour. So Google Maps is still the same. And he lost three hours and five minutes of time during his journey home. His fuel consumption was equivalent to around 200 kilometers, which is about 124 miles. I don't like this, but I also appreciate that his mileage on his car backed him up on this. But also, as I'm saying mileage on his car, do other countries call it mileage? Do they call it like kilometerage? I don't know. I gotta know. Oh, it's called average. The average. Okay. That's cool. Okay. Well, I was hoping it was kilometer edge because it sounds silly. Weird. Weird. Would you be bugging out? I mean, we're aware I have a certain level of anxiety and I would not handle like the situation well. I don't do well when I'm lost because I don't know where I am 90% of the time. So let alone like if I know my way and I'm like, oh, I know how to get to this place. And then all of a sudden it's different. I think I'd just die right there. Like heart attack would happen. I'd be dead. I am the worst version of myself when I am unfamiliar with my surroundings. Me too. So interestingly, we've got two theories. The first is, oh, tried and true aliens. Blame them for everything. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, That's kind of a harder sell for me because like, what was he like in an alien video game? Like, I'm confused on like what aliens would be in this situation. But, you know, sometimes people just go, I don't know, aliens. <laughs> that was it, too. Full sentence. Yeah. Yeah. On some of the like discussions about his story, they're just like, well, aliens took him somewhere. And I'm like, but why? And it, there's never any like, here's the reason I believe it's just aliens, man. Aliens did it. Probably just aliens. <laughs> Makes sense to me. So the other theory is that he somehow traveled to a parallel universe and then was brought back to his own universe. Interesting. I would be interested in how he phased from one to the other. Right? Well, I think of our doppelgangers episode in a way. Remember how they would like, oh, yeah, the guy that was going one direction and then he sees himself wearing an outfit that years later he ends up wearing. Yes. So like, obviously, that's different. We're like, they were walking down the street. So it was like their home place. Yes. But also like, that's still weird that there'd be like a double. 
in a sense. So I wonder if like instead of him seeing a double, he like got transferred to another place that perhaps there is a double of him. Well, like maybe his like doppelganger is a double. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that extra bizarre. Anytime we start talking about different universes and clicking into them, I feel like one of the things I keep seeing on TikTok, because I'm, I'm on manifesting TikToks, at least in part. And one of the things that I always see is like, do you want to like tap into your like best timeline? Here's how. And I'm like, well, first off, that's very disrespectful to the you that is already in your best timeline. But how's one better than another in all pieces maybe it's the one you're with christine you know maybe it's the one where you get christine if you know you know (laughs) but like you see what i'm saying like it could be the one where like things are working out right for you and so again that just feels like rude as hell everyone knows you don't replace the good version of you with another version of you in a parallel universe we all know that that's like 101 but on tiktok they're like do you want to ascend into your best version of your life and i'm like I mean, yeah, but not at the cost of my other self. It just feels rude. It does. So let's talk about another instance, and that's Carol Chase McKelney's story. So in March of 2006, Carol was driving from her home in San Bernardino to Paris, California. So she was driving with her dog to take him to sheepdog trials. Amanda, what's a sheepdog trial? Normally, like a sheepdog trial or any sort of like herding dog would be where they take them to an area and show off their herding abilities. So I'm guessing that's what they were doing. Okay. So it's not like a criminal trial for a sheepdog? I mean, I don't know her dog personally, and maybe it did do something horrendous, but I just can't imagine a dog doing anything bad. Okay. I mean, that feels fair. All dogs are good babies. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So while she was driving, she saw an exit for Riverside and she made a mental note that she was going to visit on her way back because her family had some history there that was dating back to like the 1800s. And she had lived there growing up and then again after college. Her grandmother and her aunt had homes there and her grandparents were buried there. So like makes sense that she would be like, I'm going to stop on the way back. Okay, so she's driving along and as she's driving, she's thinking about these ties, right? She's thinking 1800s. Time she's been there, relatives there, and she starts to smell cigar smoke inside the car. And that particular scent is the scent that she associated with her grandfather who died when she was five. That's weird. And you know we love a phantom scent among many things. So, yeah. Well, like when we talk about it, usually it's like, oh, in this old house where you're like, yeah, perhaps the house somehow still has a smell in the walls. Yeah, it's a haunted place, not like conjuring up. A memory. Yeah. You know how like smells get you to associate memories really well? I wonder if it's the opposite too. You know, like with our mind that when you have a memory, all of a sudden you might start smelling something from that memory. Okay, Amanda, I want you to look at me dead in the eyes. You're 15. You're in your bedroom getting ready to go somewhere. You're like in the process of getting ready. What is the smell? I feel like it was like the old school bath and body work smells. But is there like a particular one that was like your scent? Yeah, probably. I can't remember the scent. My goodness, it's been a million years. Sweet pea? Cucumber melon? Probably the cucumber melon. And then also, I feel like you're going to hate this, Lindsay. You're going to hate it so much. Is it freesia? I hate freesia. No, no, no. I was going to say the smell, like the pleather from the bullet belts. (laughs) Oh, like a fresh bullet belt and the smell of sweet pea. Yeah. Just that's the smell. Yeah, that and then a lot of hairspray because I had to have my seen hair. Okay. Okay. But can you smell it right now? I can't smell it right now, but I wonder if there has to be more to it. You know, like like we're talking about, our brains are weird. Like they do weird shit. What about you? You're 15. Mine, very particularly, is Victoria's Secret Love Spell. I was the first of my friends to wear this. This was important for me, for everyone to know that I did it first. That mixed with the very unique, and I say good, scent of Jane Cosmetics like skincare routine. Do you remember those products? They had like a very certain smell. Yeah. And it's a mixture of the two of those that I can remember, like I can remember how something tastes. Like it's not like I can't smell it, but I can remember it like that. The way it like sat in the back of your throat. Like that's the way I'm remembering it. (laughs) You know what? Actually, no, I guess you would have been 15 before me. I was going to say, you know what? I did have love spell too. The purple. 
I started doing Love Spell. I, I was Love Spell. Of course you did. Of course you did. I think I started wearing Love Spell when I was younger than that, though. But we were talking about 15. So that was the scent. The signature scent. For some reason, in my head, I had that as Bath and Body Works, too. And I'm like, I don't know. The purple one. But yeah, I had that, too. Do you know what Love Spell smells like? Oh, I do. Yeah. No, no, no. But do you, like, can you place what that smell smells like? That scent? What it is. It's fruit roll-ups. Think about it. Is it really? I want you to go somewhere and smell it. There is this, she's like a local like self-care and like skincare and candles. And they have a self-care candle that I picked it up and I was like, and then I was like, <laughs> like, I was like, this is my youth. And it was a love spell candle. Like it wasn't love spell officially, but it smelled just like love spell. And I was like, yep, still smells like fruit roll-ups. But so you're definitely not smelling your love spell or sweet pea and pleather? I am not. I am not at the moment, no. But I wonder if like, yeah, it could be triggered somehow. I don't know. I think it's like how we did because I feel like I could like remember it in a very specific way. So enough about us. Let's talk about Carol again. So she continued on to Paris and she checked into her hotel and there was multiple sheepdog trials. And so after one of them, she was like, you know what? I'm going to head to Riverside. And in, in some accounts of this, they say that she had a strong pull to visit her old home. And the trials weren't done, but she decided to go back to Riverside sooner and then go back to Paris. So she kind of like bounced back and forth because she had this like something was pulling her there, right? Yeah. So when she got to Riverside, she started with the cemetery per some stories. Other stories say that that wasn't the first place she went to. But remember, her grandparents were buried in that cemetery. So it wasn't like she was just randomly visiting a cemetery, which some people do. Amanda. (laughs) I am some people. She's some people. I mean, I also am some people sometimes too. So in some versions, they say that she went to a different place. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But while she was driving, she was like, she noticed that things seemed off and she couldn't find her childhood home or any of the homes that belonged to her family. Now, remember, we said that her grandmother lived there and her aunt. So bizarre, right? And it's not as though it was a new place for her to visit that she just knew people like she had personal ties there. Like she lived there. Right. And so she couldn't recognize her family homes, but then she couldn't recognize any of the houses. But like what was weird is the street numbers were correct. Yeah. So whole different places, though. Yeah. So when she got to the cemetery, or I guess where the cemetery should have been, it was just a fenced lot full of overgrown weeds. Okay. Which was very confusing for her. So she's like, well, I guess I'll just continue looking around. So she headed to a couple other familiar places that she would have known, like Riverside City College and Central Middle School. And both of these places still looked the same. So these places were fine. Okay. She then headed towards one of the main areas of Riverside, which is University Avenue. And I was like, what is this? So I Googled it. It looks like it's like a shopping area with a bunch of restaurants. So like the hangout area. Okay. So when Carol got there, she saw none of the shops, none of the restaurants, nothing. And it seemed like it was like a sketch area, like somewhere she did not want to stay. So she continued down the road to look for the historic Mission Inn. And I'm like, I've never been to Riverside, or at least I don't remember going to Riverside. So I'm like, what is Mission Inn? And it looks like it should have been a couple minutes down the road from where she was on University Avenue. And it is beautiful. It's like a Spanish mission style hotel. And it's been there for a very long time. It began hosting guests in 1876. So it's a pretty well-known area or well-known place in the town. It also sounds like it would be a historic landmark, so it couldn't just get torn down. Right, right. So when she got there, where the hotel should have been, it wasn't there. It just was gone. She continued looking for other landmarks that should have been there. And we kind of already touched on it, but her grandmother's house, right? Well, her grandmother and her aunt's houses should have been side by side. They were side by side bungalow style houses and they were built in the 20s. I love this. Right? Neither were there. And instead, she found like these newer ranch style homes. And something she remarked on is they had bushes rather than large trees. So she was used to a big tree being in the yard. Now there's nothing, just bushes. So she's then journeyed on longer and she started looking for the house that she lived in after college. Also non-existent. Couldn't find it. Okay. Everything looked very run down and there's lots of graffiti. The businesses that she was used to were all gone and she knew something was wrong. But she didn't want to stop and talk with anyone. She was afraid that if she did stop and like get out and if she spoke to anyone, 
that somehow she would be captured by whatever was causing all of this to happen and that she'd be stuck there. So she just like didn't want to stop and make any change in that environment in any way, if you get what I mean. I feel like Carol was smart about this. Like she knew what the fuck was up. She was like, something's going on and I'm not having it. This isn't my timeline. I can't interact. Right. Like that's what I have in my head. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like that is the smart thing to do when you encounter something like this is to literally not do anything, like to just like get through it if you can. Right. So she was like, all right, this is weird. She drove back to Paris. She said, quote, everything was normal. I was afraid I'd go back and the hotel wouldn't be there or my key wouldn't fit. Everything was as it should be. So that's after she got back to Paris. Okay. Okay. Now, years later, her father dies. So she has to go back to Riverside for his funeral. And can I just tell you, like, if I was her, I would have been, I mean, already, first off, I would have been like an emotional, like, roller coaster because I would have been scared to go back to this place because it was off. And then also, like, she lost her father. But, like, that feels like it would be a very scary trip. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That, like, how do you explain that to people? So when she gets there, Riverside is back as it should be. The streets looked normal and everything looked like it did when she lived there in the 70s. Her father was buried next to her grandparents in the cemetery, which was there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then her family had lunch at the Mission Inn. She believes that she somehow encountered an alternate dimension of Riverside. And this is a direct quote from her. I just got the feeling that if I got out of the car and talked to someone, I was going to fall off the edge of the earth. I'd end up being missing. It must have been a dimensional thing. It looked like it was 2006, but I'd taken a different path. It looked like Riverside had just taken a different direction. Hey, creepy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, do parallel universes exist? We hear this term so often, right? In like basically every type of media there is. There's different podcasts. There's different TVs. It's in movies a lot, especially right now. And there are some scientific theories that support this idea that there are parallel universes beyond what we know. And I think when you think about the universe generally, I mean, it's fucking massive, right? Like it's massive. Yeah. So researchers think that it could be anywhere between 7 billion light years across, while others think it's infinite. That blows my mind, right? It blows my mind. And then, like, here I am worried about, like, will I look cute in my bathing suit? Like, I'm this speck of dust (laughs) and, like, the infinite, like, endless everything. So I think one of the things that legitimizes this idea of multiverses and parallel worlds is that they're argued in the context of other major scientific concepts, like the Big Bang, or string theory, and quantum mechanics. So according to Space.com, real scientific theory explores and in some cases supports the case for universes outside, parallel to, or distant from, but mirroring our own. And I will say, like, what's deja vu? Yeah, there's a lot of different things that we can't explain. Yeah, and so let's get into more theories. Right, so let's start with the multiverse theory. Seems like a familiar term. A very familiar term recently, right? But also, like, if you're in comics, you know multiverse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And obviously, I've seen the movies. I've read some of the comics. I'm like, okay, I get this thing. I get it. But then reading it in scientific ways just stresses me out. Like, I could go watch Doctor Strange. But then, like, reading about it, I'm like, oh, it might be real. Yeah, it's all fine and good when it's a fictional concept. But when you're like, blink, blink, science. Yeah. So live science says, quote, multiverse theory suggests that our universe, with all its hundreds of billions of galaxies and almost countless stars spanning tens of billions of light years, may not be the only one. Instead, there may be an entirely different universe distantly separated from ours and another and another. Chills. Yeah, yeah. Researching this one really freaked me out. So fair. This theory comes from a couple different areas, including physics, philosophy, and something called inflation theory. This is the most science-y I think we've gotten in a while. So get ready, scientist Lindsay. Buckle in, everyone. Buckle (laughs) in, creeps. Perfect. Inflation theory describes a hypothetical event that occurred when our universe was super young, like within its first second of existing. According to NASA, quote, in that incredibly brief amount of time, the universe underwent a period of rapid expansion, or inflating, to become many orders of magnitude larger than its previous size. So it's just like rapidly expanding, right? A cosmologist at ASU, Helene Ding, says that inflation of our universe is thought to have ended about 14 billion years ago. 
However, inflation does not end everywhere at the same time. It is possible that inflation ends in some regions and it continues in others. So what that means is that inflation could have stopped in our area of the universe, but there could have been more that continued on or perhaps could still be continuing today that's much more distant than us. So like distant regions. So what you're saying is that our universe could be concurrently expanding while we're in it, or that these other universes and then those other other universes, they may be expanding to things that are larger than we are in our billions or infinite amounts. Sort of. Let me add to that. So live science said individual universes can, quote, pinch off Mm -mm. of larger inflating expanding universes, creating an infinite sea of eternal inflation filled with numerous individual universes. So like ours is being created, but it could have like, think of like a bubble, I guess, right? Like a bubble that ends up turning into a couple little bubbles as it's getting bigger. That's how I put it in my head. That's what made sense to me. Can our pinched off portion of universe continue to inflate? Yeah, then I would even say maybe not bubbles, maybe like creatures that bud. We could be the pinched off is what I thought. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're a piece of like budding coral, you then grow yourself. Oh, interesting. Okay. Or like when ours stopped, we could have been like the pinched off one of the other one Mm -hmm. that kept expanding or whatever. But in this idea, each universe would have its own law of physics, its own collection of particles, its own arrangement of forces, and its own values of fundamental constants. So again, to Helene Ding, if there is a multiverse, then we could have random cosmological constants in different universes. And it is simply a coincidence that the one we have in our universe takes the value that we observed. So let me take that and just make it a little more palatable, right? So to simplify it, our universe supports life, right? Right? Like we have living things. Theoretically. We have all the tools. Well, sort of, yeah. (laughs) So we have, I guess I'll say most of the tools to live, including things like, what, the sun, which the light is used for things like photosynthesis, things like that, Uh, certain elements such as carbon, other sciencey things like that, right? Yeah. So we have that. But this kind of blew my mind, okay? So according to McCullen Sandora, an affiliate research scientist at Blue Marble Space Institute, quote, all these features are typically not the case if you get handed a random universe. The multiverse offers one explanation for why all these features are favorable in our universe, which is that other universes exist as well, but we observe this one because it's capable of supporting complex life. Do you mean that there's some universes where like the paint universe where you might not be able to eat? Yeah, kind of. Essentially what they meant by that is that everything had to line up just right for our universe to make our existence possible. And like the existence of life technically would have been improbable. Okay. Okay. So hold that. Like it it shouldn't have happened. So with that being improbable, if there was only one universe, numbers wise, it wouldn't sustain life. Like it wouldn't have had all the tools that was needed to sustain life. But if the multiverse is a thing, then that would have given us enough chances for life to appear in at least one universe. Okay. Does that make sense? So like if you're drawing these all these tools out of a hat, all these multiple hats, like you need carbon, you need sunlight, you need this, that, that. Mm -hmm. It's very improbable to get all of those just right, like all of those choices just right. Yeah, it's like getting snake eyes, right? Yeah. So that's what they think is like, well, since this happened and we're able to do this, that can't have been like the first try. Like there must have been more is kind of the way that they look at it. And I'm like, I mean, that's cool. But like, what if there's different types of life that don't necessarily need all the things that we need? So like for our our life as we know it, maybe, but like maybe there are more that don't need all of that. Well, because like as you were saying, right, like all of the pieces have to fall in the place for our existence to happen. But like our existence might happen in the variation that it does because our environment is as such, right? Like fish didn't just like show up in air, right? Right. Or actually let's like, even if you're thinking like evolution wise, right? It's not as though wolves just existed under the ocean. 
Like, they are an evolved version of another creature. And some people actually think that they're an evolution. I've, I've seen some theories that talk about them being whales, where they can match different phases from whales to wolves. I don't know specifically. But, like, my point is, though, I think that you're right in that we're talking about our variables. If other variables are what you need, then it maybe doesn't seem so random because to me, it's a chicken or an egg situation, right? Like, is it that all existence needs these things and we were just lucky enough to be in the universe that had it? Or is it that our existence was inevitable? It was just which variation of things would we grow to need based on what was available? My brain is shaking. Yeah. Reading about this one was one of the tougher ones because there's so many different theories and we had to rein it in a little. And we only had to grab a couple of these theories, but there's many, many, many more out there. I also feel like uh, if you haven't seen the new Doctor Strange, some of the things that I keep saying won't make sense, but will make sense later. And if you have seen it, Hopefully some of these things have helped you wrap your head around a little like a <laughs> shortcut, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. But so something that I also thought was interesting is that one of the big like what ifs that's being discussed in the research is what if a neighboring universe happened to be close to ours long ago and collided with our universe, then making an imprint. And so as our universe continued to form, it would have formed in many different distortions. So interesting yeah because basically it's kind of like what we said we're like what if they bumped into each other and exchanged some things and then ours kept growing this way and theirs grew this way so that's super like it's hypothetical obviously but like what if we bumped into another universe or like something happened or like we said pinched off and a lot of the for lack of a better term like data right or like items or things whatever they matched for a moment and then grew in different fashions okay so riverside california existed in like we bumped in enough for us to have similar places but the way in which those places continued on interesting interesting different okay yeah so I'm sure you're wondering, why would we believe any of this? Right? Like, is there any evidence? And there's a lot of research being done to find evidence, which like the level of smart that you would have to be just <laughs> wild. So currently, some researchers are searching for special kinds of black holes that could be artifacts of pieces of our universe that separated into their own universe via a process called quantum tunneling. OK, so again, I'm going to say it again. OK, you ready? Yeah. We're leaving both of these in. So there are black holes and we're looking at them because they're special, because they might be artifacts from just like pieces of our universe that kind of broke into their own little portions because of quantum tunneling. Our brains are shaking. Yep. And it's a special type of black hole, too. It's not like, oh, the common black hole. <laughs> of course. Not your everyday, not your every man's common black hole. We're talking elite. Yeah. Okay, so Amanda mentioned Dang earlier, but according to them, if some regions of our universe separated in this way, they could have left behind bubbles in our universe that would turn into these unique black holes, which would still exist. Wild. Very weird. Wild. So if these black holes, bubbles, exist, detecting them means that we are closer to being able to say like, Hell yeah, there's a multiverse. And if the multiverse is a thing, that means while there may be infinite universes, there's still finite numbers of ways to arrange particles. And to me, this is also a leap, right? Because we're like assuming that everything being relatively constant through unexpected infinite possibilities, right? If the multiverse is a thing, then that means that there could be infinite universes. So like, let's take that notion, right? And if we're thinking that particles, there's only so many different types, right? So we, yeah. If that's like the, that's the working principle, that there is a finite type of particles, that means that in those infinite universes, it would be statistically probable that the finite number of ways to arrange those particles would be similar more than once. Yes. Right? So like, poof. So like that pattern is going to repeat at some point. And that's how you get things like doppelgangers and universes that are kind of similar to our own, but not quite. Yeah. And there could be alternate copies of you making different choices of every moment of your life. And what did we say we were going to we said we were going to kill them last time, didn't we? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
didn't I take like a really different stance this time? I was like, why would I mess with her? And last time you were, <laughs> was it me or you who was like, kill them? I think it was me. I was like, if they're better than you, you kill them. Aggressive. Yeah. And I'm like, let her live her good life. <laughs> so, you know, we're just depending on our mood that day, letting them be or killing them. Who could say? <laughs> if we somehow get to them. Yeah. If, I mean, obviously. Right. Okay. So we're thinking about the similar version of ourselves, but not quite, right? And this makes sense to me. But if even the tiniest thing that changed in the universe, things could be drastically different, but they could almost still have the same outcomes, right? Because like, like, think about this. So say the visible light spectrum was reversed, colors would look different, right? Like blue would look orange and red would be green. But what would that change? Would it change how we farm? Would it change how technology is invented? Would it change how medicine works? Would it change the fact that I like the color green? It would just mean that I would call it a different color or I'd call it green and I would look different, you know? Exactly. But you could be fully different or you could somehow be the same you. Exactly. Yeah. It Like your mind is just going nuts right now, right? I see it in your face. You're like... <gasps> Yeah, well, it's kind of like if you look in the mirror, right? Like, I don't know how to describe it, but if your house is laid out differently, it doesn't stop being a house. Right. Unless it's just not a house anymore, right? Like, it's like... Yeah, little tweaks. If your bedrooms are all in the basement, if your bedrooms are all in the basement and your kitchen's in the attic, it's probably more frustrating to have groceries, but it doesn't mean you're not going to eat, right? Like, your your fundamental truths are still going to keep going. Yeah, exactly. Woo! So weird. So weird. We're doing it. Another thing that's thought about, too, is like, what if time worked differently somewhere? And there's a lot of different theories about how time works and that time essentially could be like stretched or squeezed. Mm -hmm. Right. How time works. Very weird. I saw a couple diagrams a little over my head, but it was wild. Oh, if you think time is difficult now, dear listener, we're going to fuck your head. It's coming up in another episode. But this one maybe a little. This is like a dip into time fucking your head. Yeah. Also, I read a theory that gravity can have an effect on time. So things like black holes with different gravitational fields could theoretically slow down time for you. And you going to visit this gravitational pull of this black hole and coming back years later, you could look the same age because time was different for a period of time. Do you think that different gravitational pulls could reverse age you? I don't know if it can reverse age you, but I feel like it can almost like freeze you because it's different. Interesting. At least in this theory. But just thinking like with these three stories, is it possible that these people somehow found a way to travel to one of these universes and then somehow get back home? So like, for instance, let's say Vasile, right? Like he came back and he was aged. What if he was only gone for that day and came back, but he went somewhere with a different gravitational pull where he was aging faster and then came back. I think that's interesting. Here's where this this becomes difficult for me, because these are not like government employees like who are like engaged in experiments. Right. We're talking about like everyday people who found themselves either with an extreme just gap of time or they experienced a different version of their physical surroundings. What if, you know, one of these infinite multiverses, the way that they exist is somehow thinner and they can exist in concurrently with our universe? Do you just see what I'm saying? Like, what if it just happened to be the gossamer of universes? Could that be? Could it be that, like, there's another one existing concurrently with us? Because imagine things like people say the thinning of the veil, yeah. Could it be that like what people are experiencing is a universe that is existing concurrently to our own? Because to me, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Right. Especially if we're talking about similar structures and places. If it's concurrent, perhaps you're in a room, you have an EMF reader and you are just picking up the concurrent existence of a microwave in a room in this other universe. Right? It could happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Black Forest is like a rave. Like they're existing concurrently with a rave. <laughs> oh, that would suck. Maybe. Maybe a different universe has some sort of like better technology too. And like going back to our three stories, maybe that technology allowed them to swap for a period of time too. Like that's not out of the question technically. Like if they are better technologically, they could have done that. 
And in addition, I know I made fun of it earlier, but theoretically, not theoretically, for sure these aliens exist because I feel like it's just, we've been talking about it now, right? Have you seen that? It's silly as hell to not think that aliens exist. But like, it's possible that in our universe, aliens have already invented this technology to be able to move or to be able to see in other dimensions and that perhaps they're traveling and a byproduct of their travel is sometimes a a way for us to look in or to go to these other places. I mean, maybe. And as of this month, too, the U.S. government has now... 400 official reports of UFOs. There might be more. This is just like the day we're recording that I'm seeing this, but wild. So wild. So what do you think? Like, what do you think happened to these people? Okay. Starting from the top. Basile. Aliens. Okay. Random guy who said that he was missing for 25 years and then shows up. Affair. Second woman kicked him out. Pedro. I don't fucking know. Weird drive. Like, weird drive, perhaps haunted in some way. I don't know, like haunted drive, haunted freeway. To me, that seems like we've got a concrete time difference. We've got his mileage or average saying that he definitely traveled way more than he should have. And it backs up how long he was driving. Yeah. To me, I could say a glimpse into a parallel universe. Okay. For some reason, not quite sure why. And for Carol, I'm going to say parallel universe or time jumping. That makes sense. Because I think that 2006 Riverside would probably not look too different than like 2030 Riverside. Things might be different. It might look a little different. But like, I don't think we're going to have, we already know, we're not going to have hoverboards and we're not going to have jets and houses in the next eight years. So I think that maybe some time shifting. Okay. Maybe another parallel universe. But in those situations, I do wonder, are humans getting like a latent effect of an alien experiment where like they're sitting, they're jumping, they're seeing something that they wouldn't have otherwise seen. And it's just a byproduct of something somebody else is doing. Maybe. What about you? I think for Vasily, I don't know, like I like the prison theory Mm -hmm. that he was locked up for that many years. That's why he had the same stuff. Maybe he didn't even make it to the train station. I couldn't find any like details on whether or not he actually made it to the train that day. Like if it was a used ticket or a new ticket. But with what was happening in the world, they stamp it or do something with it. Sometimes they'll take them. Sometimes they'll just rip a piece off. Yeah. But like that ripped piece, sometimes they take it before and sometimes they take it while you're on the train and sometimes they don't take it. That's true. But it makes sense for what was going on in the world. And like, yeah, maybe he wasn't a cattle rancher or like a farmer for real. Maybe he had some crazy job that we don't know about. I just like that theory. I don't know why. For the 25 years guy, who knows? I don't I don't know. He he left and then decided to come back. For Pedro, I think somehow he jumped. Maybe that was like a time jump too. Mm-hmm. Is that that little simple road he was normally on, it all of a sudden was a six lane highway. And I don't know if it was a portal or something. And then he was able to get back. Or maybe they realized their mistake. Because remember, he's hearing these weird voices. Maybe someone's like, oh, he doesn't belong here. Someone much ahead of us was like, mm, let's just drop him back where he goes in front of his home. And then for Carol, I think, yeah, like what you were describing, I totally agree with. She saw the future maybe, or a different time for Riverside. Like she just saw something different for Riverside that either is what's coming maybe, or maybe it was just like a different version of Riverside like she mentioned. Yeah. So weird though. So weird. We want to know your thoughts. Tell us what you think about these stories. Tell us what you think about different universes, everything. Yeah. It's just wild to me that like that's actually science right now that they are working on trying to figure out. Yeah. I will say, I think it's important and it's vital information. I would love for there to be more science about women's health in particular, because most medical research is done on men. And even when it comes to like women's bodies and how we may metabolize medicines differently based on like our hormonal fluctuations and how they're unique. And this is all great and good, but I would rather have better health care. I think that's fair. That's a fair statement. I mean, also, you know, while we're at it, like bodily autonomy, but that's not science. That's politics. I mean, but I said what I said. Human rights. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, reading and getting ready for this episode was one of the tougher ones, I think, like the science behind it, because it's just so out there, right? It's like you think you're watching a movie and you're like, this is what they're actually working on. They're looking for this particular black hole to prove their theories. 
We also want to know what you think before you've watched Doctor Strange and after you've watched Doctor Strange. Yes. Yes. I feel like it's a good case study of like looking at some of this. I can't wait to hear about it in the Patreon Discord. So yeah, once you guys listen, start talking because I want to discuss this. Yes, please. And with that, have a good weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. For more information on our sources, please visit our website, truecreeps.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at truecreepspod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash truecreepspod, and on Twitter at truecreeps. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps. There's a bone in my chicken nugget. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Is that our end? Yeah. I'm talking science. And you're like How eating science. <laughs> Look, I took a quick bite and I was like, there's something hard. There's a bone in my nugget. Another dimension. Another dimension. I knew it was coming.